market update for the city, Gala, Santa Day, Robert Hunt Financial. Thank you, Bobby Hunt, or should I say Robert Hunt? That's right. On this co-hosted podcast, you have your host, Robert Hunt of Robert Hunt Financial, where I take the previous week's financial news. That can be confusing, misleading, and take you off course, and I make it actionable, understandable, and clear. This week, we have one of my favorite shows I think we've ever put out here on the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. We do have three articles that span a wide range of topics, but we also have a wonderful listener question. Some of my favorite listener questions come in through this anonymous questionnaire. But for this week, we are going to look at a article that a Bank of America quantitative strategist is quoted in. The article headlines, Warren Buffett recommends low-cost index funds for most people, but B of A says the S&P 500 is the worst thing to hold right now. Buy these four top sectors to avoid confusion. Well, I'm confused just reading that. This is a Yahoo Finance article. And then uh, we have a Wall Street Journal article headline, Stocks Fall After Fed Rate Increase. I want to spend some time on interest rates because I'm seeing these questions come up a lot in my advisory practice, and I'm thinking about it a lot, so I bet you are too. And then we have Mr. Burton Malkiel, who wrote a commentary, the gentleman who wrote A Random Walk Down Wall Street, the Princeton professor. Some of you listening have been in his class. Am I jealous? Yes. Headline, don't give up on the stock market. Though uncertainty lies ahead, the right equities investment strategy can yield portfolio stability. We'll say what I like and don't like about his strategies. And then, of course, a fun listener question. So let's start off on the top. We've got this Yahoo Finance article, Warren Buffett. Recommending low-cost index funds, but the B of A folks say, yep, think about something else. So uh, I love this quote. Uh, this uh, Bank of America employee, who's the, looks like their head of quantitative strategies, says this, the worst thing to hold is the S&P 500 wholesale, she tells CNBC. I'm always curious when someone says it's the worst thing. This is Miss um, Subramanian, is her name. She has that role at Bank of America, Miss Subramanian. What, what she's saying is, gosh, um, maybe Warren Buffett did say low cost works, but I've got something different. And I thought the article um, was particularly interesting because it it kind of plays on our fears here. It says, although the article reads, although following the benchmark index has worked well over the past decade, Subramanian points out that the current environment is different. And I quote, the S&P 500 right now is expensive. It's super crowded. We can talk about what that means. It's the most crowded ticker in the world, if you think about it from an index perspective. She likes Buffett's approach for long term, but adds the investors that investors have different time horizons. If you got a 10-year time horizon, hold the S&P 500, watch and wait, she says. But if you're thinking about what's going to happen between now and, let's say, 12 months, I don't think the bottom is in. All right. With this head of strategy, Ms. Submaranian is saying runs counter to what strong, orthodox, personal finance strategy would tell you. But this is coming up a lot. So throughout the news cycle and even in water cooler talk, what I'm hearing right now is, why don't I just sit this thing out? Like whatever's going to happen the next 12, 24 months, and we've had stock markets been down the last six to 12 months, I'm just going to take a little break. You guys enjoy the ride. I'll be in cash. And then, and then, when it seems better, I'll, I'll hop back into the market. Now, when that 
when that is proposed to you, you've got to take that thought captive and look at the data. One, it's not predictive. So you actually cannot say or no one else can say what's going to happen with the stock market in the next 12, six months. They don't know. When someone says they know or have a feeling about what's going to happen in the next 12 months, they are predicting that they know what sellers and buyers will do before the buyers and sellers themselves know they'll do it. That sounds a little goofy because it is. You are predicting what someone else will do before they know they're going to do it. And so this Bank of America strategist is saying, hey, look, inflation, let's roll into energy, let's roll into small caps, let's roll into industrials, let's roll into healthcare. All those may be permissible sectors to hold, but you don't need to hold them in a complex manner. And ultimately, I think part of the uh, desire for some of these strategists is, hey, come to us, sit at our feet, we will prognosticate. Don't just go, go it yourself with a low cost product. Hey, come into our ecosystem of wealth management advice and uh, products and we'll give you what we think is best. Oh, by the way, it costs you know, 150 times what you currently pay at a low cost index fund. So do not listen to that article. Stick with what she calls the most crowded ticker. I mean, I don't even know what that means when someone says a crowded, it's an index fund. Uh, there isn't, for every buyer, there's a seller, for every seller, there's a buyer. Whenever, whenever someone says it's a crowded trade, it's just if you're a efficient market theorist like I am, th th that statement's meaningless. So push on, soldier on, good investor. Do not try and step off the train right now while it's on the tracks. That usually does not work out well. The next article, I just going to talk about this Federal Reserve and rates. So the Wall Street Journal has an article, Stocks Fall After Fed Rate Increase This Week. Subheadline, U.S. stocks finished sharply lower after the Federal Reserve said it would raise interest rates again. The article says the Dow Industrial fell 1.7% or 522 points. This is by Akane Otani and Will Horner. Article goes on, uh, the U.S. stocks finished sharply lower after the Federal Reserve said it would raise interest rates again and signal the need for further rate increases in the months ahead. Let's just talk about what this means. This has been, in my investing career, and we'll, we'll call that the last, oh, 20 years or so, I have really not dealt with interest rates being a, just a headline-grabbing item in that time. I, I've seen it, of course, mentioned. There have been different rate moments, and of course, 08, 09, we had rates up and down, but this has been what I'll describe as... Um, particularly poignant these rates and how it's affecting our psyche and what it's doing to asset prices. So let's just back up a little bit. What does it mean when it says the Fed is raising rates? Okay, we're going to make this simple. Stay with me. It is, it is a federal funds rate. Okay, so the Federal Reserve is setting this rate that banks can borrow from one another. And this is, you can consider this a bit of a floor for how other financial products are priced. So when you see the 30-year mortgage rate close to 7% today, it is influenced a lot by these, these rate moves by the Federal Reserve. So what is the Federal Reserve doing? They want to slow inflation down. So if they can suck some of the money out of the economy, reduce the velocity that this money is traveling at within the economy, they believe they can slow inflation. So that's what happens when you raise the price of money, which is what they're doing. There's up, 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 up. People are going to boom, move, move money into places that aren't aren't going to contribute to inflation. People will buy Federal Reserve notes, 4% for the two-year treasury or whatever. So that's what's happening. So when these, um, when you see these headlines and the, and the asset prices falling with it, that is what's happening to you as an investor. So 
So, so why does that happen? Well, just think about it. If, if the, you can get a 4% guaranteed return from a two-year treasury today, I believe that's right where two years trading right now. Well, a lot of people are saying, well, forget real estate, forget stocks, forget bonds that I've owned previously. I'm just going to put my cash in these instruments that are risk-free and not worry about it. Well, what's happening? That means there are sellers in these, a lot of sellers, Every buyer, uh, there's a seller for every buyer, but they, they will buy at a lower price. So the price of your stocks, those future income streams are now worth less because the Federal Reserve has changed what the mark is, okay? They've changed what a risk-free rate of return is. So that's why your bond values are going down and your stock values are going down. Now, we don't know how long. So a lot of times people want to cry uncle and say, I'm just out. I'll wait for the Fed to stop these. Rate hikes, then I'll jump back in the market. Again, like our last article, can't do that. So the market's anticipatory. So every one of these rate rate heights is pretty much baked in. Sometimes you see some volatility because, oh, the Jerome Powell uh, said something they didn't expect. But just there is not a secret sauce here. And, oh, I'll just wait. I'll figure out how interest rates are going to move. So for your purpose as an investor, just know, hey, what the Federal Reserve is doing, and they're, they're lowering the value of these income streams I receive in my bond and stock portfolios. That means the value of those instruments is going to go down. That's just the way it works. So don't, you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to try to time the market. But mechanically, I think it's important for us to, when we read articles like this, okay, the Fed raises rates. What's Mr. Powell doing? And this article continues. Mr. Powell's comments suggested the central bank doesn't see itself winding down its rate increases anytime soon. Inflation still hoot too high. And... Uh, so don't try to play the game here, okay? Be willing to stay the course. Let the Federal Reserve do whatever it is you think they're going to do. And just, but I do think it's important not to stick your head in the sand. Know what's happening. Why that stock and bond markets are going down? It's because of the Federal Reserve's rates raising interest rates. And if you have further questions about that uh, and you're a client, let's, let's talk about it. I think it's, I think it's worth the time um, to make certain we understand why certain things are happening the way they are. Okay, and this is a fun one. Burton Malkiel, the, the gentleman who wrote The Random Walk Down Wall Street, which is on, yes, it's on the stone tablets for what you need to read. It's on the Mount Rushmore of books that I recommend reading. He really has helped popularize the efficient market theory. And I thought this was an interesting article. He says, equity investors have a mounting list of worries. Don't be fooled by falling oil prices. Inflation has proved stubbornly sticky. Healthcare and shelter costs are rising and core inflation remains high. This is what Burton's saying. So he's saying, hey, it appears the Federal Reserve has no choice but to keep raising rates. He then goes on to these various market indicators. Now, you don't need to know what these are, but just know that there are various market indicators like the price to earnings ratio, or he, he references something called a CAPE ratio, which is cyclically adjusted price to earnings. It's just another way for people to look at the stock market and say, is it overvalued or undervalued? So that CAPE ratio, the article says, stands at 29. This is lower than a recent peak of 38 in December 2021, and well below the historic peak of 44 at the height of the dot-com bubble in early 2000, but it's substantially above the average of 16. Now, that can, that's just word for the wise. There is no action there. He says, and I'm glad he says this, despite all these uncertainties, it's not time to give up on equities. Ha You still need to wait towards common stocks, he says. Regular savers can realize the advantages of dollar cost averaging in the investment program. So if you have a 401k or if you have a regular program of investing, this is a fantastic time for you to be investing.
Mr. Malkiel references uh, two recent periods of stock market downturns. I'll read these. From January 1968 through the start of 1979, the U.S. economy suffered from stagflation and volatile markets. The 11 years ended with a zero gain in the major averages, okay? The 13 years from January 2000 were just as bad. Stock valuations fell from the bubble and the market averages at the start of 2012 stood the same level from where they began, okay? So let's say that again. 1968 to 1979 was a zero. I mean, no, 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 no growth there. 2000, 2012, no growth. This, but despite bad averages, dollar cost averages, people that kept investing, they earned positive returns. So per per dollar invested in a low-cost S&P 500 index fund, you actually earn 5.2% a year during the stagflation period and 57 in that post-bubble period, assuming you reinvested those dividends. So although these are modest returns, he said they exceeded inflation. So, I'm gonna, so even if our, our worst fears are realized regarding inflation and valuation, the steady investor continues. Yes, Bob, you have a question? Okay, Bob's asking for our last one. No, we're actually, believe it or not, Bob, we're doing a, a questionnaire and then after that, you got the closing, okay? Okay. Um, these in-studio questions, they augment, they help. If you want to be in-studio in one of the recordings, send me a message. I'll invite you. I'll let you be a part of this recording. Bob, Bob, Bobby Hunt gets to do it because he lives here. So consider, now this is where Mal Kill, you know, don't meet your heroes, folks. He kind of goes off the bandwagon a little bit. Uh, he says, tilt your holdings towards stocks that pay high dividends. A stock like IBM pays a dividend of 5%. So living expenses can be financed without the need to sell shares. Uh, so he's trying to get us to tilt here. He wants us to go um, high dividend yield. Eh, don't do it. Don't do it. So uh, any of these tilts involve a form of investing that I don't want you to do, which is trying to move in and out of asset classes based on based on um, what's popular today or what works today. So just do the plain vanilla. I like what Mr. Malkiel says about continue to invest. If you continue to invest during these tough times, you'll be better off for it. And then in closing, for our last article, Bobby Boy, we have another listener question for our listener question corner. This one from Jerry Powell, I believe it's Jerome Powell, of course, an alias. But Robert, I'm a huge fan. The podcast is my anecdote to CNBC and all the other economic forecasters. I listen to every day. Ha ha. What do they know about the future? So here's my question. I used to think this inflation was transitory, but now I don't know. I'm getting pretty worried. I've invested with my timeline long, cost low, and I own broad-based indexes. However, I've had a certain expected investment return that I've used to plan for retirement. If inflation persists, what should I expect for investment returns? Help. I'm facing a little job insecurity, and I'm worrying about retirement will come sooner. Ha ha. When I actually need to work longer than I'd planned, might I need to adjust my career plans? Yours truly, Jerry Powell. Well, Jerry... In these situations, what you are feeling is common. It's what everyone's feeling. You may have baked in a return expectation of seven, eight, nine, ten percent after inflation because you had it. We've had a great decade previously. What I would tell you, and this is what I tell people, is first things first. Log into your Social Security portal. This, this, this may surprise folks, but actually, that's the first thing I do. Is I say log into that Social Security portal. Social Security, if you're if you're close to retirement, is going to be a big part of what you do. If you're married, have your spouse do the same. There's a little bit of strategy there on whether to apply for your spouse or not. And Jerry, I want you just to look at that number. Now, for some folks, if you have a higher earnings throughout your career, that, that, that could be over $4,000 a month, it just, and it's indexed to inflation. So I always like to anchor with that and say, hey, that's, that's pretty good. Then let's go, to your, let's go to your portfolio, and then let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's say we ran, and I like to stress test, a 4% distribution rule is, is what I like to 
start with in a conservative manner, we can crank that up to five or six percent. I would run a retirement calculator, Jerry, based on what you have available, and let's just see. But let's not let's not um, have fear-based decision making related to headline risk. I do not know what the future will hold for a turn, but I didn't know what the last ten years held either. What I do know, no surprise, is let's control what we can, which is our costs that we pay for advice and for products, our time horizon, as you know, keep it long, and then of course tax efficiency. So to answer your question, I'd say, hey, let's let's look at that social security, see how we're doing, and then back into your numbers and just and just stress test it. No calculator is perfect because it's always going to rely on historic data. But it may be that you need to work longer, but we just don't know until you get out that calculator. I like a calculator. I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, that Vanguard puts out. It's called a Nest Egg Retirement Calculator. You could probably just Google that Vanguard Nest Egg Retirement Calculator. Plug in. It's a three-input calculator. Plug in what you have in your nest egg. Plug in your withdrawal rate. Plug in your asset allocation. It'll tell you, Jerry, where you stand. That is what's going to give you a shot. So as always, keep those costs low. Keep that time horizon long. Keep that tax efficiency efficient. And I'm going to have Bobby Hunt Sign us off. All right, Bob, what are your words of wisdom for all the investors listening? Well, um, I like the part that that um that you like investing and um about the investors are fun. It's like you get to teach people and then you like keep passing, passing, and passing by and then you can um just hang it off kinda. And that's the part that I kind of love about it. And um it's cool how you can um, invest and uh, have a fun time. I think. And do a lot of stuff. And you might like the things that you get to do. And you might like stuff that you might want to do. I think Bobby brings a great point. This is supposed to be fun, guys. Did y'all know that? Bobby said, this is supposed to be fun. This is this is supposed to be a fun. So, so keep it fun. Keep it fun. Uh, smile a little while you're investing. The storm clouds may feel like they're over you, but this too shall pass. Look forward to having you listening next week.